to Podiatry Today podcasts. I'm Dr. Jennifer Spector, the Assistant Editorial Director for Podiatry Today. Today I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Melissa Lockwood with us to discuss identifying a practice marketing strategy. Dr. Lockwood is a fellow of the American College of Podiatric Medicine and the American Society of Podiatric Surgeons. She is a diplomat of and vice president of the American Board of Podiatric Medicine and she practices in Bloomington, Illinois. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Lockwood. I think a good way for us to start out would be for you to maybe tell us a little bit about how you determined your current marketing strategy for your practice. I am in private practice in central Illinois. So one of the things that we really market to was trying to define who our ideal patient is first and foremost. So once we figured that out, and for our particular practice, that involves uh, a female who would be between the ages of ideally um, 25 to 55-ish. Um, and whoever this person is, this woman is, she's making medical decisions and financial decisions for her family. Um, you, so like her husband, her kids, her parents, those people are all coming in because this woman is looking at us online. We really went all in with our marketing strategy on a digital format and, and a web format in 2019 into 2020. COVID was, was a part of that, but we really knew that the patients that are coming to our practice that come to us from a search engine that got to the website where they're getting the information that they need to have. That has been our ideal population. So however she is hearing about this information, she's disseminating it to whomever, and then they're going to the website, they're reading about the practice, and they're learning uh, about what we do and how we're different. That's the, the biggest thing. COVID exacerbated this, th this need uh, because the reality is we weren't really getting a lot of uh, referrals from other physician offices in 2020 and a little bit into 2021. It definitely picked back up again. But we did find that it was kind of anecdotal that those types of patients that are coming to us from a referring physician office aren't necessarily our ideal patient any longer. And that is a number of reasons why. So it would have either been from the chief complaint that we don't necessarily want to be seeing as much of. We're not trying to market or advertise to those types of patients. Um, it may be an insurance payer that we aren't necessarily in network with. Um, and it also could be, um, you know, because they could have the right insurance, they could have the right chief complaint, all these things. But ideally, this patient, how we determine the strategy, this patient is someone who knows what's going on. It is... They, they understand what they need to do and they're willing to be a partner in their healthcare. And even most important in a private practice setting, they are willing to pay for the service. So we really try to filter out people who may not want to pay. So that's how we determine our marketing strategy. I think so many people, they don't think about having that ideal patient be who they're targeting. They're just trying to get people in the door, which- right is certainly good in and of itself. But if you're really trying to find that ideal balance for yourself and for <laughs> your practice, you got to look at the other side of it, who that patient is. Right. And then be okay with, you know, let's say, you know, it might not be a perfect example happened a couple of uh, last week. So we had a patient come in who um, had come to us through the website. They actually traveled for about 90 minutes to come over and see us, which, you know, in central Illinois is, is far, it's not close. And the one of our practice niches is 
um, fungal nails. I actually really like treating them. We have a really good program with combination of topical products plus laser therapy. Sometimes we throw the oral in. It's just, we've got some options and we do a really good job of educating the patients about the chronicity of the problem and how we can help them. So this gentleman comes in, he had come to us from the website. He had, uh, he'd researched it. He had already, he already knew that there was potentially an out-of-pocket cost that could be associated with it, which was great. Cause then I'm like, I'm already talking about this. And when we discussed it, even though, so I'll talk to this in just a moment, even though on our website, we even have pricing listed. So even prior to when um, it was required of hospital systems, we've actually had our, our, our fee schedule listed based upon chief complaint on our website for several years now. And it has been a game changer for us for marketing. But to this gentleman's credit, um, we spoke to him about the cost and he was a little taken aback. And he said, that's just not what I want to do. And then he kind of made a comment and we were like, well, whatever, we, our goal is to educate you. Now you know what you would need to do if you want to treat this and please let us know how we can help. And I was a little disheartened when I went back to my office afterwards. And my husband, who does a lot of our marketing for us, he looked right at me and he said, he's not your ideal patient. Don't worry about it. And I was like, yeah, but I feel like everything went right. He got to us from the website. He did this. He's like, okay, but it's not always going to be a 10 out of 10. And that's the thing with marketing. Um, you have to throw spaghetti at the wall and figure out which one's working for your practice. And, and, and if you're seeing a larger number of a different type of patient that you may not like, or, and I mean, like, like is in, you may not like treating that chief complaint. That's the reality of it. Cause we're so lucky in podiatry that we can specialize in sports medicine or in dermatological conditions or in injuries and all of these different things. If you don't like to do something, you have the choice to not see it and to market to the types of things that you want to be seeing, which I think is amazing. And that's a great opportunity that we all have. We don't all take advantage of it, but we all have it. I like the analogy of throwing spaghetti at the wall. Cause I think yeah. sometimes people will try to throw everything at the wall and not everything's spaghetti. Not everything's going to stick really well. And right. um, I think people think that perhaps they are not succeeding at the level that they would like to, if it's not sticking, but like your husband pointed out, it might not be that ideal patient for you. Right. How did you arrive at that point of branding your practice in that way? How did you determine what you wanted this to look like? What, you know, mm -hmm. um, did you take into account the patient's perception of things, your perception yeah. of things? Tell me a little more about that. Absolutely. We tell the team all the time that perception is reality. So our, our goal with branding of this practice, so our vision is for a community of healthy, happy feet. And that was, is branded everywhere on all of our marketing materials. It's written in two different places on the wall in the office. People cannot be in this office and not see it. And when we talk about healthy, happy feet, we're talking about people who are educated, people who understand what their problem is, how we can help them take care of it. And we have to own the fact that not everyone that we see is going to be able to do the treatments that we're offering. So um, you can become really disheartened if, that's, if that sort of situation occurs. Or, and it can happen with any chief complaint, but you know, it's really, it's sad when that happens and you're kind of stuck. Now, in the private practice setting, unlike where I would compare to some of our colleagues that may be listening that are in a hospital-based setting, they're a little bit more limited with what they're allowed to do because there's corporate branding and there's that different, like there's, there's a higher upscale that they're not allowed to necessarily uh, bypass. Uh, but in my little world, we're able to really help cultivate and decide, you know, who, who that person is. Number one, so we figured out who the ideal patient was. 
And then also what we wanted them, that person to perceive and to get out of the appointment. We want them to feel like they're part of our family and that they uh, are knowledgeable. They, they can go home with, with concrete tips and things, even if they're not doing anything else, there's something, here's the very basic first step of how we can take care of you. And it doesn't just start with what we're doing on an advertising and a marketing level. It comes to those treatment protocols. So if we have them listed out the MAs and I practice them, we practice scripting and, and what to say to the patient because the type of word and what we're saying matters, even the infliction of how we're describing it. Um, adjectives like it's critical to do this. It's essential that we do that. I really tried to practice that. And I consider that to be part of our marketing strategy because I've tried to really get out of my comfort zone and, and practice these types of things so that I'm providing a very concise and detailed answer to a patient when they're asking a question um, that we're not fumbling, not a lot of ums. And I just did um twice in that answer. And I was like, darn it. So try not to do that. So can you walk us through how a doc would go about finding that favorite chief complaint that they like treating? So when you're trying to determine an ideal marketing strategy for whatever it is, it's whether it's targeting a type of patient or a type of chief complaint, I find it's easier to identify the type of chief complaint once you have an overarching view of who this ideal patient is. Um, so we'll just kind of hone in on, let's say, plantar fasciitis. You want to make sure that in all of your efforts, whether it be on social media, on your website information, on your handouts that you're giving to the patients when they come in, um, that you're really not only having this all available to them, but that you're asking the question of the patients that are not coming in for that problem. So my number one marketing strategy tip is uh, asking patients, is there anything else I can help with? And it's kind of a faux pas because so many of us have our hand on the door handle trying to get out of there, but you will start to see so much more of what you want to be seeing when you're asking that question of your other types of patients. Is there anything else? Because you would be shocked, heel pain is the example, how many patients are just dealing with it and they think that it's normal. Like, or you say, oh, I noticed that you have this type of foot. You haven't had any, heel, you've never had any heel pain, have you? Just asking that question, we both know people, they have it. It's so common and you'll start to really see it. So that aside from all of your, spend on Facebook and Google and all of your, your blog updates. It just asking that question of the patients, you're going to see a lot more of your ideal type of patient chief complaint wise. For sure. And I think it makes the patient feel heard as well, that you're right. really listening and have considered everything they have to say, and you're giving them that attention to give them one more chance to ask mm -hmm. those questions or make that outreach. So I think it probably hits a lot of the, the, the check boxes for that. Right. But you have to get over your own fear of, oh gosh, this is going to make me a few minutes late. Be prepared for that conversation. So we had such a great conversation with Dr. Lockwood today that we are going to bring her back for another episode. Next time, focusing on social media and other ways that you can execute this marketing plan. Thank you so much to Dr. Lockwood and to the audience for joining us today. Don't forget to check out past and future episodes of Podiatry Today podcasts on podiatrytoday.com or your favorite podcast platform.